Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. <laughs> Kia ora, everybody. I'm Jordan, host of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. It's my hope that you find support and comfort in these stories, and I'm really looking forward to bringing you today's episode. Just a reminder before we get started that these are personal experiences and you should always seek medical advice before making any important decisions. I'm not an advocate for any particular model of birth or birth care, and this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. In today's episode, I'll be speaking with Jenny. Jenny has had five daughters, four births in the hospital, and one at home, which was decided at 40 weeks. Sadly, Jenny's second daughter Tara passed away with cancer in 2014. Following that, she was able to use hypnobirthing as a tool to help her through her next two births. Jenny has a really lovely story to tell and this is a great episode, so I hope you enjoy it. Hi Jenny, thanks for joining me today. Kia ora, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thanks for having me on. No worries at all. Would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about you and your family? Sure. Um, I'm Jenny Chapman and I'm married to Eden. We've been together for 21 years and married for 18. We've had five daughters, um, quite a big age gap. Uh, the oldest is nearly 14 and the youngest is just on three months old. We live in Noturua and we're both teachers and so I've worked for him for quite a few years. He's a principal now. so. Yeah, he works for me at home and I work for him at work. Awesome. <laughs> Amazing. That's a good way of doing it. <laughs> yeah. And what was the journey like to pregnancy for you? Do you want to talk us through that? I know you've got a big family, so I'm keen to <laughs> hear all about it. <laughs> yeah, I'll keep it I'll keep it streamlined because it could um, take me about 14 minutes to get through. So um, first of all, with, with Hannah, who's our eldest, we were living in Japan Um teaching English when I got pregnant with Hannah and we'd we decided that we'd start trying for a baby and once once we got pregnant um we'd just see how it was going and um we'd eventually come home to have her but um we found the medical system really challenging over there it was all really medicalized and really invasive like internal scans for everything and it was just pretty full-on so we actually we got pregnant straight away first month um, of trying with Hannah so um, we stayed there for about four or five months and then came back to New Zealand um, lived in Christchurch for a couple of months and then Eden got a job in Taranaki as a principal uh, sole charge principal in a little rural school 80k's from the nearest kind of town out of New Plymouth um, yeah and we, it was really hard to find a midwife um, with with Hannah at that point because I was um, eight months pregnant by the time we moved. I was only yeah. 25 and a little bit naive and didn't really get that um, that it was going to be a mission to find a quality midwife um, at that point. Um, so yeah, ended up um, thinking that I was invincible really, I guess, but really mm-hmm. just a bit naive and 
kind of like, oh, how hard can it be? Millions of women have babies every day. It can't be that hard. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, pretty much long story short with, with Hannah was um, I just went into it super ill-prepared. I hadn't read a single thing. I'd done a one-day antenatal course, but kind of spent the time just trying to figure out you know, what, what the pain medications were and learned how to fold a few nappies because that's what you did back then. But really, I didn't mentally prepare for it at all. And it was super challenging. I was all by myself. Um, we thought that, well, Eden was there, but we thought that we would go into labour naturally and it would just be super easy because it was really natural and that sort of thing. But I ended up being induced two weeks overdue and it was really hard. And I thought that I was really close to having the baby and I was two centimetres and I was just so demoralised and... Um, yeah, ended up with an epidural, pethidine, ended up with the whole the whole works burger they called it back then. <laughs> so, um, and, and, yeah, and had a really, really rough time and um, ended up having a retained placenta and manual removal. Um, and, yeah, I was just really traumatised and I look back at photos of that time and think, oh, my gosh, I was so broken afterwards. I was like, I'm such a failure. I did such a crap job and I felt like such a rubbish mum from the get-go and I didn't really realise how much that had knocked my confidence until I got pregnant with number two actually, which was a bit of a funny story. I'd just done my first 10k um, competitive walk and vomited over the finish line and went, oh, that was a bit weird. (laughs) (laughs) So bought a pregnancy test did it at the petrol station on the way home as you do. It was positive. Walked up to pay for my petrol with the pee stick still in my hand mm-hmm. <laughs> and was just so shocked that I was pregnant so soon after. Um, but, yeah, I ended up having some um, trauma counselling um, when I found out that I was pregnant with um, Tara, our second, because I just was so traumatised from the first birth. I was like, I can't do this again. It was just yeah. such a shock. Um, but yeah, the therapy really helped a lot and I felt super prepared to have Tara and, um, didn't, didn't know that we didn't find out the sex of any of our kids. They've all been girls, but we never found out during pregnancy. Yeah. And I went into labor naturally with Tara, which was really exciting for me. Um, and mum was there at the birth and Eden was there and it was just a completely different experience. I'd read lots of books about natural birth and felt really prepared and really confident and um, managed a beautiful natural birth with her at the hospital and it was very well managed. We had a wonderful midwife. Um, Pretty much the same experience with Eliza, our third wonderful hospital birth. Um, I was induced with her again, but so that number three was an induction as well. Um, But yet again, managed beautifully at the hospital, no problems no pain relief, no intervention apart from the induction. So that was great. Um, but then we had a we had a big gap, um, during which time um, our beautiful Tara, who was six years old, um, got a brain tumour and she was given as little as four weeks to live at that point. And um, she, she actually lived for ten and a half months, but it was an incredibly challenging time for our family, um, caring for a terminally ill child and 
Yeah, there was actually, when I reflect on it, there was actually a lot of similarities between that and um, the challenges of birth and that it was kind of me and her a lot of the time and me and her and her dad a lot of the time um, coping with that and coping with an unwell child. Um, Yeah, and that kind of, it it showed us how strong we were in a lot of ways and how strong Tara was. She was just an amazing kid. Yeah. Yeah, so she passed away nearly five years ago. So in 2014 she passed away and our family just felt really strange going back to having two kids was so, so strange. And yeah. um, we actually looked at fostering and we looked at adopting and like, no, we definitely want to keep growing our family. Um, yeah, we've, we'd always wanted a big family. Um, but one of my fears with, and we, we did, we got pregnant um, straight away once again. We're really fortunate with our fertility. And um, but one of my fears around having, uh, going through birth again with our fourth was that it would the emotions of being in labour and how raw you feel and how exposed you feel. Lots of other emotions from other times in your life can pop through and lots of traumatic memories can seep in. And I was really worried for myself that um, the post-traumatic stress that I'd had with caring for and losing Tara was going to really impact on how I could birth our fourth daughter. So I decided to do hypnobirthing and it was absolutely amazing learning skills of how to relax my body and relax my mind and really be in the moment. And it was a completely different experience I had. Um, again, I had to be induced two weeks overdue and my midwife was just a really beautiful lady and she just said, I don't know what it is, but some gut feeling is just telling me we need to get, get this baby out today. Um, and I really trusted her. And again, I was in, I was in the hospital with hope and just the experience of, I was so, I felt so in control and so in touch with the baby the whole entire time. And, um, I remembered Tara a lot during the birth and it brought back lots of memories, but I felt like I could really control them. They would come and they'd go, but I wouldn't sit in them. And, just being really connected with the moment and being connected with the baby. And I could feel every movement that the baby made. Like I'd say to my midwife and say to Eden, the baby's turning. Um, I can feel her head. I can feel her coming down the birth canal. She's about to crown. She's crowning. And I could talk the whole way through it. And um, everyone in the room was kind of like, really? Is this for real? And when I was heading into transition, I just said, look, I think I'm kidding myself. Like, surely I'm not here already. Like, it was hours. It was a long, long time. But it just felt so peaceful and comparatively so easy. And um, my husband was like, this is what you always do. You you always think that you're not at the right point when you're heading transition. He goes, you're definitely in transition. The baby's going to be here any minute. And... um and she was, I said, here she comes, and it was like two pushes, and and she was there, and there were, the sensation was entirely different. I just, I didn't feel it as pain. I felt it as super intense and a lot of pressure, um, and I still had that question in my mind of, I don't know if I can do this, but 
I convinced myself that I could and I just I felt really strong and really sure of myself and the preparation had just been had made a world of difference it was so amazing um and, I was and so did really you do a hypnobirthing course um uh, so I did the course with my husband as well and um awesome. I actually I actually took my sister as well so she was um she actually she was pregnant at the same time so and um so she came as a support person and she was there at the birth too and it's really vital my husband was super suspicious of it to start with he he was like oh you know like he's you know your classic kiwi rugby head sort of bloke and he was like yeah really okay but he just said whatever you need and he's a fantastic husband like that he's like whatever you need this is your business you have to do it and I'll be there to support you and he came to every session he did every meditation he did every bit of homework he coached me he was just absolutely amazing and I think that's really the key you both need to be on board and my sister had done it all too so she knew all the techniques and I really felt supported I felt like I had a whole team of people around me I was the um the first hypnobirthing mum that my midwife had seen and the most validating thing afterwards was she said this is the sort of birth that keeps me in the business and yeah it just yeah it just felt really amazing I just felt like a superhero and yeah it was just it was really empowering and really healing in lots of ways just to yeah to feel like I'd been really present and been there um yeah, and so that was the start of my um, journey towards a home birth, really, in retrospect, when I looked towards it. Um, so with Annalise, who's our fifth, I, um, we decided we wanted to have, have another one, and um, so I ended up stopping breastfeeding when Hope was two because I hadn't had my periods back yet, and we really wanted to have another baby. So I weaned her um, for that purpose. Um and we got pregnant fairly quickly with Annalise and um, just I decided to do hypnobirthing again. I kept really fit during pregnancy, just not doing heaps of exercise but gentle walks and yoga and stretching and just staying strong and kept practicing my hypnobirthing, did my meditations, did my visualization, did my positive affirmation. And at about, about 36 weeks, Hannah and Eliza, our big girls, started talking about really wanting to be at the birth, um, which kind of sowed the seed a bit in my mind of how I wanted the birth to look. And um, I took my birth plan to my midwife at about 38 weeks and showed her, and she's just a wonderful lady, um, well, two two ladies, Bronwyn and Dinny in Rotorua, and um, Bronwyn said, oh, Jenny, this looks like a home birth birth plan. <laughs> And I said, oh, no, I'm not a home birth person. And she went, look, hey, that's cool. Just whatever you need. We're here for you, whatever you need. But that statement, I came home and I went, I wonder why. Why don't I want to have a home birth? And then when I thought about the big girls being at the hospital, how that just wouldn't be an easy thing. If they weren't comfortable, where could they go? Would they go to the hallway? And who would keep an eye on them? and I thought that would probably stress me out more. So I said to Eden, look, I think I might want to have a home birth. And he was like, oh, cool, here we go again. <laughs> Something <laughs> else out of the field. <laughs> um, 
And yeah, so the next midwife appointment, I I said to I said to Bron, look, I think I think I want to think about having a home birth. And she said, yeah, cool, Liz. Why don't we just set up your home as a home birth, and you can just either stay home or you can go to hospital, and we'll just keep it open. So I never a hundred percent decided that I was going to have a home birth. I just decided to stay at home as long as I could, and if that meant the baby was born at home, then that was cool. And if it meant we ended up in hospital, then that was fine as well. And um, it was just amazing because I I ended up having I ended up being overdue again, and um, ended up I had um, a couple of strict and sweeps, and yeah, and then I'd been in early labour for about four days and just carried on because it was I knew it was I knew it was starting, but I didn't want to go to the hospital, so I just carried on at home. And um, then went for a third stretch and sweep, and one of my midwives said, look, you're four centimetres, things are happening. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Decided to head home. My husband had an appointment, um, and so he went and did that. So I went home with Hope. So her and I were hanging out in ho- at home, and things were starting to really crack in, and I just went, oh, well, we'll just stay here and put the TV on for Hope, and she potted away. And then Eden came home, and... The girls came home from school and I laboured in the bath for a while and made myself cups of tea and just wandered around home being really normal and it just felt so different to being at hospital. I felt so content and comfortable and the things that blew me away were really small things like being able to feel the carpet under my feet and the natural smells of being at home and all those things when you're super sensitive, when you're in labour, things didn't bother me. There was no foreign noises. It was just my family and me and our normal stuff. And um, I just felt, I felt so relaxed. We watched The Chase on TV when I was about to hit transition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, yeah, it just, it just plotted along, Eden stayed and yeah, and then at one point I just I wanted the TV off and I was listening to my birth affirmations on my headphones through the, the hypnobirthing birthing track. And um, I just wanted everything kind of dark and quiet. And I said, yeah, I told Eden to shush at one point because I was just really in my zone. I just, I go really quiet. I don't make any noise. I'm just, I kind of retreat into myself and that was happening and, then the midwife tapped Eden on the shoulder and said, "Oh, oh, oh we actually only the midwife actually only arrived about half an hour before Annalise was born. Eden rang her when I was hitting quite intense contractions, and she arrived um, about 20 minutes after that. And um, soon after that, she said to Eden, "Oh, you know, let me know when Jenny's kind of half an hour away, and we'll call the second midwife." And Eden said, "Well, you've um, you've missed that. The baby will be here in five minutes." <laughs> and the midwife said, oh, okay, well, she hasn't started pushing yet. It's usually about 20 minutes from that. We'll just see. So she rang the midwife, and um, that was actually when I was hitting transition, and I just I said to Eden, I need to, I need to go to the toilet. And he said, oh, yeah, you're in transition. And I was like, no, no, I just need to go to the toilet. And he helped me down the stairs and um, went, went into the toilet, and he goes, oh my gosh, yeah, baby's coming. And I was like, yep, baby's <laughs> definitely coming. And I was still really calm, sitting on the toilet. And um, yeah, and then baby 
baby's head crowned and Eden had his hand on her head and he said, you're going to have to stand up because I can't get the second hand in to catch the baby. And uh-huh. I was like, oh, I can't, I can't stand up. And he said, you've got to stand up because he, he could feel the baby coming. And I was like, you're holding her in. <laughs> <laughs> but um, So I stood up and the most amazing thing was when I stood up, I kind of stood up around the baby and uh, I, I didn't push or anything. She just, my body just took over and she just naturally came out and, it was just absolutely amazing. It, that, it was when she came out that my waters broke, which had happened with some of the other girls as well. And it was just absolutely incredible seeing, having Hannah and Eliza there the whole time. And they were amazingly kind and supportive and not freaked out on the slightest. And they took photos and told me birth affirmations. And they're like, you're amazing, Mum so cool you're doing so great and got me drinks and yeah that and got me flannels for my forehead and <laughs> it was just such a lesson to me that you know we can underestimate teenagers and underestimate older kids of what they can actually yeah. cope with yeah and I just I really feel like they've um they've got a newfound understanding of birth and womanhood and motherhood and sisterhood and you know, really being there for somebody else when it's, you know, not about them. And it was it was an absolutely incredible thing to share with them when, you know, they they shared in losing her sister when, when Tara died and then being able to share in Annalise coming into the world, it was just a really kind of coming full circle for our family. And, yeah, it was just really amazing. I'm so thankful that I was open to the idea of a home birth because I don't feel strongly either way. Hospital, home birth, birthing unit, you know, whatever people choose to do, everyone does that for their own reason. But I feel really fortunate that I had such a positive home birth experience and I found the recovery entirely different being at home, um, which surprised me. I thought that I'd feel with having other kids, I thought that I'd feel a lot busier and a lot more pressured. But I actually, it actually made me feel a lot more nurtured and cared for because the kids had seen what I'd coped with. So they were like, what can I do for your mum? Do you want a cup of tea? Can I make dinner? Can I make you breakfast? I'll do the washing because they saw what hard work I'd done. And yeah, they were just, and, you know, the family coming around and bringing meals and, yeah, it was, it just, it felt like it was um, a really healing time for my my family and my wider family. And, um, yeah, it was just beautiful. Being at home was really therapeutic and relaxing and, yeah, it was just amazing being able to share that with Eden and the kids. And I'd highly recommend yeah. it if anyone's thinking of dabbling in home birth, give it a crack. <laughs> That's incredible that your daughters will have such an amazing idea and and understanding of birth as they grow up. I think that's amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. I said to Hannah afterwards, you know, I wonder if you can get some NCEA credit for for being Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, there should be something available because I think, you know, there's just, it's such a rare thing. The only, you know, I saw my sister give birth and it was absolutely life changing. Um, you know, it gives you such an understanding of what 
women go through seeing somebody else go through birth. And I, yeah, it was really cool sharing that with the kids. Really amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. And obviously you're birthing at home. Did your, did you have a natural third stage as well? So you birthed the placenta fine at home as well? Yeah, I did. And because I'd had a history of routine placenta, um, they had, um, uh, symposin, um, just stored in my fridge at home in case, in case yeah. I had the baby put to me. Um, so I was absolutely open to that. But, um, yeah, my midwife just, just kept an eye on me and, um, Away totally naturally, so that was awesome. Yeah, amazing. And are you still breastfeeding at the moment? Yeah, so Annalise, I'm breastfeeding right this second actually. (laughs) (laughs) Annalise is um, three months old, so yeah, I'll probably breastfeed her till she's about two um, or more. Just yeah, just feeling really cruisy about it. I breastfed Hannah till she was one on the dot because that was kind of. Back back in those days, it was kind of like expected that that was about yeah. finishing time. Well, that's how I felt anyway. With Tara, it was about 10 months. With Eliza, 18 months. With Hope, two. So maybe I'll go three or four with Unleash. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome. And you've never had any real struggles with breastfeeding? You've just sort of found that, that okay? I've been really fortunate. And I put that down to... Um, Living in rural Taranaki, there were some amazing older women in the community who'd had people's children and been involved with isolation and stuff. And they were really supportive. One of the best pieces of advice that I got from one of those women was, Jenny, you've got to stop looking at the clock. Just look at your baby, see what your baby needs, and follow her cues. Stop being obsessed. Because I... I had a notebook and I was writing down feeding times and I was really like anxious about getting enough milk into the baby and it's like no 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 just calm down take a breath just feed the baby when she needs feeding and that worked out a lot better for me and I really reduced my anxiety around it. Yeah awesome and I know you said you went to counselling and you did hypnobirthing and a lot of things like that after uh, Tara passed did you feel any sort of anxiety or post-baby blues after Hope was born? I I didn't have any postnatal depression after Hope or Annalise, um, or yeah. me at this stage. Um, and I I do put that a lot down to hypnobirthing. I also, um, part of it I think too was after Tara died, I had therapy because of post-traumatic stress. And yeah. that it, it taught me a lot of, skills and managing and a lot of that therapy was around things that I do just regularly like some of my personality traits and um pitfalls that I have and you know things that things that I do that um kind of feed into the vicious circle and that really helped but yeah tied in with hypnobirthing too and just you know my biggest key has been lowering my expectations I had postnatal depression after Hannah and after Tara and um, so much of that for me was just tied in with having to be the perfect mum and, you know, I'd be really anxious about my house having to be tidy and really anxious about the kids having to look look super clean and perfect when we went out. And so I just got to the point where I didn't go out and so much of that was a perception of what other people thought about me and um, with Hope and with Annalise, I just have not felt like that at all. I'm just like, I'm doing the best I can and 
I'm getting up every day and my most important thing is my family and I really, really don't care <laughs> what other yeah. people think. Because I'm yeah. just, you know, fighting the fight and doing my family and doing my thing and I'm a much happier person for doing that. And, you know, a big change, a big change in that was actually when I had Eliza, um, our third daughter, and my sister came and lived with us for a couple of months over that time because I was so anxious about getting postnatal depression again. And um, this is my younger sister who didn't have any children at the time. And that was a real lifesaver for me. It was, I felt like I had a little village and somebody just to keep me company when I was up feeding or hold the baby. And I think that kind of sisterly support is really underestimated. Just having somebody yeah. to chat to and, you know, share those lonely nights with makes a massive, massive difference. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And do you think that there was any other hypnobirthing resources that you used apart from the course that were helpful? Did you have any recommendations for any of the listeners? Um, so I downloaded some um, beautiful positive affirmation cards that I had all stuck on all the walls around the house for about two months leading up to the birth. Um, and um, things like, my body, my baby is the perfect size for my body, which all of my babies have been big. The, um, the smallest was Eliza. She was seven pounds five, but she was two weeks early. And um, my biggest was Hope, and she was nine pounds 14. And um, so quite quite relatively big. And so that was a big one. And just feeling, like reading all the affirmations around the house, whenever I'd do something, like I had some up around the sink when I was doing the dishes. and. I'm near the jug when I was waiting for my morning coffee and just sending myself that message that I could do it and that yeah. it was going to be okay and that I was going to meet the baby soon. And, you know, even with baby number five, it's still super, super exciting that time leading up to waiting for a baby, but it's still, there's still anxiety around the the pain and what could go wrong and the potential because it. Now, as beautiful and as natural as birth is, it's still a medical event and there's still a lot yeah. of potential for, for things to go wrong. And, you know, we're so fortunate that we live in a country with a really solid medical system, but it still, it still creates a lot of anxiety, you know. And I think that's yeah. probably where, um, where my reluctance to home birth came from was, you know, you know, what if something goes wrong? But we're lucky living in Rotorua. We're only kind of 10 minutes from the hospital, so that removes yeah. a lot of anxiety for me. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. And you've obviously got a three-month-old at the moment. Do you think that your family's complete, or do you think that you'll still try for another baby? Oh, people often say, will you try for a boy? I'm <laughs> like, mm, no, probably not, don't know. We, um, if you ask my husband, he'd say shop closed. But, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably not. I'm 38 now, nearly 39, and I certainly felt like my pregnancy with Annalise and, and with Hope too, actually, that I felt a lot older. It's a lot. It's really different being pregnant when you're 38 to when you're 24. I, yeah. Yeah, I felt way more tired. I had terrible um, morning sickness with all of the kids, but it was a lot worse with Annalise. I was on medication, and, yeah, I just... Yeah, was often going to bed before seven o'clock and just, yeah, it was really hard. It was really hard being pregnant and working and kids and, you know, just hard. So, yeah, probably not. <laughs> yeah. 
Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story with us, Jenny. I really appreciate it. And I think you're incredibly brave and I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. Oh, thanks, Jordan. It's, I just think what you do is so awesome. I've loved listening to your other podcasts from other mums. And it's just so cool to hear what, you know, other stories that women um, and dads have from around New Zealand. So thank you for providing the podcast for all of us. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. I'd love to hear your feedback. So either leave a review on the podcast app that you're listening on or head to our Instagram at Kiwi Birth Tales and leave a comment there. If you're interested in sharing your birth tale, then please head to the Instagram page and use the email link to get in touch. Thanks again for listening. I really look forward to sharing the next episode with you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.